Amen. Well, Merry Christmas again to all of you. And maybe you are coming in just now and just saw that video. My name is Pastor Boz. I'm the community care pastor here at God Squad Church. And guys, I love, I love Christmas time. I love Christmas time. It is my favorite time of the year. Even though summer is actually my favorite uh, time of the year, my favorite season, I love Christmas. There's a different spirit about everything. People are in better moods unless you go to Walmart the day before Christmas. You know, people are rushing around a little bit. I went to Walmart yesterday just to get some medicine. It took me a, quite a while to get through just, just to pick up a couple of things in medicine, just to get through the line. There's tons of people that were there rushing around doing all the Christmas gifts, but I really love Christmas time. And one of the reasons why I love Christmas time is because it's just beautiful. I don't know, maybe, maybe you and your family, you guys have thing, specific things that you do every single year, but something that I remember doing as a child is I remember going on light rides. Everybody puts up their decorations. They got the wreaths on the houses. They got the lights around. Maybe you even did one of those drive-throughs where they have like, they have like, hundreds of thousands of lights all over the place that are shining and they're they're going to music and everything and it's really 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 beautiful it's elegant and it looks great when i was a kid my dad used to put light he was known for putting lights on our tree and the reason why i say he was known for it is because every year he would add more and more and more lights and one of the last years that he put lights on the tree he put over 2,700 lights on the tree. And I remember this specifically because when I went to go switch off the tree the first night, my hand was burned by the switch because there were so many lights on the tree. The thing would have melted overnight because it was so hot. And so we had to set up a little couple safety precautions to make sure you know that the house didn't get set on fire because we had a Christmas tree, but it was really pretty. And what I remember as a kid is waking up extremely early in the morning on Christmas. Me, my brother, and my sister, we'd wake up at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. We wouldn't open up any gifts. We'd walk into the kitchen, and it was still dark out, but the tree lights would be on, and throughout the night there would have been garland that was hung on the tree. And it was pretty. It was beautiful. We'd go and watch Gilligan's Island for a few hours, then we'd wake up my parents at like 8 o'clock, but it was just beautiful to sit there and look at the tree. It was extremely elegant. But today, we're not gonna be talking about necessarily the Christmas that we experience and that we have today. We're gonna to talk about the very first Christmas. And the very first Christmas, it wasn't necessarily beautiful. It wasn't necessarily elegant because Jesus, he wasn't born somewhere that was extremely clean. He was born in a manger. And so the title of this sermon is Dirty Christmas. Jesus was born in a dirty manger, but the reason why that he was born was specifically to make us clean. And so what we're going to do is we're going to read through the, the Christmas story of Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. And we're going to start in chapter 1, or verse 1. It says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor in Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to, Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. 
He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. First thing that I want to point out here in verse 7, it says that Mary wrapped Jesus It says in cloths, but there's many versions of the Bible where it says that she wrapped him in swaddling cloths or swaddling clothes. And what swaddling meant in the Greek was literally to tear. See, when we when we see Jesus and we see him out, you know, we see the manger set up in front of churches. Maybe you have one in your house. What the people normally do is they'll they'll take you know the little baby Jesus. And they'll wrap him in a nice clean blanket, one that was put in the laundry, one that was put in the washer, and then the dryer, and then it was wrapped around Jesus. But what Jesus was actually put in was torn pieces of cloth. And when we see the manger as well. We see that there's a clean basket out and he's placed in it. Maybe they put in hay to give it a little bit more of a feel of what a manger was like. But what a manger actually is, it's a feeding trough for animals. This is where Jesus was born. The savior of the world, the king of kings, literally the king of kings came. Most kings, they're born in a very pristine conditions. They have people helping them. But Jesus was born in a dirty manger because there was no room for them in the end. And then we get to verse 8 and it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, I, I, want, I want to point something out here. Shepherds, okay, they're not the cleanest of people, all right? It says that they're not only keeping watch over their flocks by night. They're living in the fields, okay? These are not the highest of the high people in status. This is society, their status was the lowest of the low, and a lot of times they're considered as outcasts. They're living with animals, and if you own an animal, maybe you own a dog or a cat or something else, you understand that there are things that need to be cleaned up when you live with animals, Okay? The shepherds are living with the animals. They're sleeping with the animals. I can only imagine one of the shepherds being like, hey, Sherman the sheep, I need you over here. I need a pillow. For I don't know what they used as pillows, you know. If there's a bunch of lambs around, I feel like you could use the lamb as a pillow maybe, you know. But the thing is, is they were living with all these sheep and these lambs. They're living, they didn't get their daily shower that we are, that we are able to have every single morning. They didn't, they didn't get to, to, to have all those great things. They've lived, literally lived outside with the sheep. They lived with the animals. So they were considered the lowest of the low in status. It wasn't exactly a high paying job. And they were a lot of times considered as outcasts to other people. We go into verse 9. It says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I'd probably be terrified too if something like that happened in the middle of the night. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I don't know about you, 
But if an angel had shown up in the middle of the night and literally it says that they shone with a great light, I would be a little bit terrified if an angel came to me, okay? If I was a shepherd in the middle of the night, I'm just supposed to be doing my own thing, okay? I'm just supposed to be using Sherman the sheep for my pillow. I'm supposed to be making sure that Billy's not running out of the fence so he doesn't get eaten by a wolf. That's all I'm supposed to do. And then something comes in the middle of the night that shone at his great light. And the thing is, is they were terrified at first, but the angel says to them, do not be afraid. I think a lot of times in our life, we're afraid to be around the things of God because we think that God is only focusing on our sin. We think that God is only focusing on the dirty parts of our lives. He's only focusing on on the baggage. But the thing is, is that is not exact. That's not what the reason that God is here for. Sure. When we do sin, when we do things that are wrong, yeah, we're going to feel conviction for those things. But the reason why that God sent his son, Jesus was so that we could have good news. And the angel says, I have come to bring you good news. You don't have to be afraid of me. I know maybe you're not the people that you thought the message was going to be brought to first, but I've come to bring you good news. Verse 11. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The Messiah has been born. And he's telling a couple of shepherds, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You see, in verse 11, he says that a savior has been born. It doesn't say that another advisor was born. He doesn't say that a political leader was born. He doesn't say that a committee was born. That's not what mankind needed during that time. Man, and still today, mankind needed and still needs today a savior. We needed a savior to be born. We didn't need somebody who is going to be telling us exactly what to do necessarily or a committee to vote on things so we know what to do. We needed Jesus Christ, the savior of the world, one who could die on a cross and purify our lives, purify our hearts to be born so we could be with God forever for all of eternity. That's what we needed. You see, these people, they have been waiting for centuries They've been waiting for centuries for the Messiah to be born. It's been about 400 years. They call the, the, the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament about 400 years, a period where people just didn't hear from God, where God was silent. And then it says that the Messiah, that Jesus Christ has been born. You can only imagine what the shepherds were thinking in that moment. Verse 13, suddenly a great, company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his his favor rests listen if a whole entire host of angels came down these are the Lord's soldiers coming down these are the Lord it must have been an amazing amazing sight verse 15 when the angels had left them and gone into heaven The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who is lying in the manger. Usually when a baby is born, 
usually the first people that are in the room other than doctors, nurses, and other people like that, usually it's going to be family and friends. But you got to remember, we read at the beginning of the story that David and Mary, they had to leave the town that they were in. They went back to Joseph's hometown. He, 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 was, he was a member, he, he was in the line of David. And so Bethlehem being, being the town of David, he had to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem. So they don't have their friends. They don't have their family. They don't have anyone to really support them. And now they don't even have a place to have their baby. They just have a manger, a dirty manger where other animals are. And the first people to walk in is not family or friends. The first people to walk in is some shepherds. I find this interesting. And the reason why is because apart from the shepherds being the lowest in status, and God usually, he uses something that you would think is not necessarily significant or necessarily something huge to be able to use uh, those people and those things for his purpose. He does that a lot. But the interesting that I see here is that shepherds, they take care of sheep and lambs. A lot of times the sheep and the lambs that they were taking care of were the ones that were used in the temple for sacrifice, for the atoning of the people's sins. You see, before Jesus Christ was born, back in Leviticus, they had a bunch of rules that that specific people had to do, the high priest had to do, the priests had to do, where they had to sacrifice a lamb specifically to atone for the people's sins. But the first people to see the lamb of God was shepherds. It was shepherds. The ones who would take care of the lambs that would be sacrificed would now be the first people that would see Jesus Christ, who is the Lamb of God, who would be the final sacrifice that was needed to atone not just for the sins of some people, not just for the sins for a specific amount of time. It was to atone for the sins of all people, to atone for the sins of every man and woman for all all time, throughout all of eternity, from the past to the present to the future, as long as this world is here, because we live in a broken world. And I think that's amazing that, two sh- that a few shepherds got to see this for the first time. Shepherds were considered dirty. They lived with animals, but they were still the first ones to be privileged with seeing Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Verse 17, when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told, uh, told them about this child. And when, when they had, when, when, normally, when you see a baby being born, you, don't, you spread to the word to family, friends, and things like that. But normally, when you just see a child being born, you don't go running off into the village and telling everybody that you know that a child has been born. I don't even know this child. This child isn't even a part of my family, but a child is born. You normally don't do that. But I'm sure that the inspiration that the shepherds had from the angel that had been sent to them, from the heavenly host of angels that came down, they went to go and tell everyone that they knew so that when they went into the village, remember, they were considered as outcasts a lot of times. So if if, if somebody that was normal or higher in status had them come to them, they might have been saying, at shepherd over there, why is he coming? Why is he coming this way? Why is he coming to talk to me? That dirty person right there, why is he coming to talk to me when when I'm sitting here? And you might think that they would have 
you know, kind of shooed them away. Or maybe when they told them the message, they would have said, just, just go away. It doesn't say that. In verse 18, it says, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen, which were just as they had been told. They were glorifying and praising God for what they had just seen. You see, they were told by an angel that there was good news, that a savior had been born, and then he told them to go and look for that sign. And they went and looked, and it was just as they were told. It wasn't beautiful. It wasn't elegant on the outside. It looked very dirty. But the purpose of Jesus Christ being born was beautiful. It was elegant. It was beautiful for you. It was beautiful for me. Is beautiful for all of humanity, the fact that Jesus was born. And you see, you're, you're, you're probably looking at me right now. I'm sitting in this chair. You can only see what I want you to see, okay? My room, what you see in my room right now is all that I want you to see. I could have a bookcase off to my right that is a complete disaster, I could have a box from Amazon sitting on the ground. I, I, I do have cables under my desk that are just everywhere because I believe that cable management is a myth. I could have papers on my desk. I could have books and things that I read. I have, I have my Bible sitting here, and it's not necessarily in, in, in the best place on my desk. It's just right next to me. And I have all of these things all over the place, but you can't see it. Only I can I think a lot of the times that's what our lives are like. When we walk into church or when we're talking to our friends, you can only see what I want you to see. You might see Pastor Boz right now and thinking, man, he's, a, he's one of the pastors of the church. He's, he's obviously got it all together. All of the lead team pastors have it all together. All of the volunteers, anybody that works in ministry, they probably have it all together. And that's why I'm not in ministry. I got to tell you, that's just not the case. Underneath, I am dirty. Underneath, I have my struggles. Just like you, I deal with temptation. Just like you, I deal with sin. Everybody, everybody deals with these things. But a lot of times, like I said, we go into church and we put on a face. We talk to our friends and put on a face. We don't talk the way that we normally would when we're at school or when we're at our job because we need to put on a face for other people. But really underneath, we're all dirty. And that's the reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to wash away our sins, but he didn't just come to wash away your sin. He came to make you a new creation. So I want to read for you 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it doesn't matter what sins you have. It doesn't matter what baggage you carry. It doesn't matter the dirtiness in your life. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the new creation has come. You have been made brand 
new. You are a new creation. The old has gone. The new is here. Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, has been born to us so that we can be with him for all of eternity. You see, today, you might feel guilty for something that you've done or for the sins that you have in your life. You might, you might even think that God hates you for the things that you've done, for the baggage that you carry. But I promise you this. I won't even say that I think this. I promise you this. If you meet him, if you meet Jesus and have a relationship with him, he's going to bring you great joy. He's going to bring you great joy. So I want to give those of you an opportunity today. Maybe this is the first time ever that you're hearing about Jesus Christ. You're hearing the real truth about Jesus Christ being born. And maybe you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior in your life, but you want to do that. I want to give you an opportunity right now to do so. Because you see, Jesus Christ, he was born to this, to this world where what we are celebrating here on, uh, on Christmas Day, which comes tomorrow, celebrating the fact that Jesus Christ was born to us, but he lived a completely pure, perfect life. No sin that was on him at all. And even though he lived a completely pure and perfect life, he went to the cross for you. Because he knew that I would sin. He knew that you would sin. He knew that all of humanity would sin. And so when he was on the cross, he took on the sins of every single person onto himself, feeling the guilt that I felt, feel, feeling the shame that you feel sometimes when you do something wrong, feeling all of that, that being separated from God the Father. For the first time in all of eternity, Jesus was separated from God the Father when he was on the cross. But the thing is, is after Jesus died on the cross, by the power of the Father and the Holy Spirit, he rose from the dead, breaking that barrier of sin, breaking that barrier of death that was blocking us from the Father, blocking us from being able to have communion and being able to be with God the Father. And so now we can repent of our sins. We can turn away of those things that we've done wrong. We can, we can, we can ask for forgiveness from God for the things that we've sinned, for the things that we've done against him. And if we do those things, we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We can be with him forever for all of eternity. So I want to give you an opportunity right now. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you want to do that today, you want to make that decision today, I would ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear God, I come before you right now. I believe that your son, Jesus, that he died on the cross and that he rose from the dead. And right now, I accept your mercy, your grace, and your salvation. I commit my life to you. Jesus, come and live inside of me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. 
Amen. Can we put some hype in the chat for those people that are just accepting Jesus Christ for the first time? And hey, I want you to know if you did accept Jesus Christ, we want to congratulate you and we want to provide you with some resources that you can use. And so if somebody could do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat. And what I would ask you to do, if you just made that decision for the first time, click on that link and just fill out that form that it brings you to with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. This is going to give us a way to be able to contact you, to be able to give you those resources because a lot of times people have questions after they just made this decision. A lot of times people, they say, you know, I, I'm, I, I, where do I start reading in the Bible? I'm, I'm not too sure how to pray. What is this water baptism thing that you guys talk about? Or maybe you've never even heard of water baptism. We'd love to be able to answer every and any question that you have because we want to walk with you on this journey as it is the beginning of something so amazing and brand new in your life. And guys, this is the reason why we do everything that we do here at God Squad Church. We're seeing more people every single week coming to know Jesus Christ. And I'm believing that people, not only right now who are watching the stream right now, but we're we're gonna see people who watch the VOD later on or who watch the YouTube video, that we're gonna see people who are being saved. And that's the reason why we exist. And so I wanna thank you for your, your generosity and your faithfulness for those of you that have been faithfully giving of your finances, which is another form of worship. You might not think about, about it that way, but it's another form of worship to God to be faithful and to give God your finances when it when it seems like when it seems like you, you you're not too sure if if this is the right right amount or you're not too sure if you should be giving. I want to tell you, having faith and giving of your finances is a big worship to God because it's sh it's showing of how much faith that you actually do have in Him. If He's telling you to give something and you give that amount, it's showing at a great amount of faith that you have. So it is a form of worship. I want you to know there are multiple safe and secure ways that you can give to God Squad Church. You can go into the panels below, click on the give link. You can also go to our website and you can use either monthly or a one-time uh, amount of gimmick giving. You can do it there. You can also use text to give by simply texting any amount to the number 84. Three, two, one. But once again, I wanted to thank you for your faithfulness and your generosity. And right now, we're going to take this time to go into a special video that we have for you guys, a special song by Tay Ray and ER Fields. Enjoy this video while you give.
Hey.